Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we hear this evening is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 27 verses 21 through 23. Then the governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Pilate tries so hard to set Jesus aside, doesn't he? To have nothing to do with him. He tries to let him go, and when that doesn't work, he sends him to Herod, and when that doesn't work, he scourges him, and when that doesn't work, he gives him the choice of Barabbas or Jesus, and when that doesn't work, he washes his hands and pretends like it's not his decision, it's not his problem. But no matter how hard Pilate tries, he has to make a decision. He has to free him or crucify him. Pilate is not a pawn who had no choice in what he was going to do. He, he, God didn't force him to make that decision. God doesn't work that way. Jesus himself makes that very clear when Jesus says to Pilate, those who delivered me up to you have the greater sin. If they have the greater sin, that implies that Pilate has the lesser. Lesser, but still Pilate's sin. It's still his decision, his choice to crucify an innocent man. Jesus is going to die. God has declared it before the foundation of the world that he would be crucified in our place. And Jesus himself accepted and set his face to Jerusalem. He came to earth for this very purpose and for this hour to die for our sins. That decision has been made. Jesus is going to die. But Pilate still has the decision of what am I going to do with this man? What decision am I going to make? We know that Jesus died for our sins. But what are we going to do with that Jesus who died for our sins? As Lutherans, we're used to talking about grace alone. We know that truth, that we are saved by grace alone, that we are forgiven through Jesus' blood. And that's good that we, that we talk about that. But sometimes we forget that to talk about what are we going to do with this Jesus who died for us. The Lutheran confessions remind us that we are saved by faith alone, but faith is never alone, is it? Having received that salvation... Through God's grace and through God's gift, that faith goes on to do something with what it has received. 
Our Lutheran confessions remind us good works are not necessary for salvation. Jesus died for our sins, but they are necessary. Having received that Lord and Savior who died for our sins, it is necessary that we do something with him. In his small catechism, Luther wrote, He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature. He has purchased and won me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. But Luther didn't stop there, did he? Perhaps you guys remember from catechism class the next sentence. For all of this, it is my duty to thank, praise, serve, and obey him. This is most certainly true. He died for our sins so that we could serve him. In Ephesians 1.4, Paul reminds us, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us. He did that for us. So that we might live. Right? Do something with that salvation he has given to us. Live holy and blameless before him. It's not our choice whether Jesus would be scourged and mocked and crucified and die. He chose to do that for us. God made that choice and Jesus made that choice. The Son of Man must be handed over, be betrayed and delivered up, die and on the third day rise again. This decision has been made and that truth about what he did, we call that objective justification. It's the greatest thing in the world, right? That truth that no matter what else, that truth stands. Jesus did that. He died for our sins. No matter how confused or lost or scared or lonely we are, that truth remains, doesn't it? Against all the unknownness of this world and all the confusion of this world, that truth stands. Jesus died for our sins. And because he died, I shall live. That's the truth that the psalmist was talking about in the psalm we, we read responsively this evening, right? Psalm 46. Psalm 46 talks about a world in chaos. Nothing can be trusted on. Nothing can be counted on. The earth is disappearing beneath your feet. The mountains are falling. The sea is a tsunami coming over you. Nothing can be counted on except in the midst of everything else going to chaos, there is a stream whose river shall make glad the city of God. Nothing else can be counted on except this truth here that Jesus died. That's the stream that Psalm 46 is talking about. The truth that Jesus died for our sins. He chose to die for us. But what are we going to do with this Jesus who died for our sins? What are we going to do with the salvation that God has given to us with this forgiveness of sins? We're going to kind of take it and say, okay, that's nice. It's a little trinket we can put up on the shelf and leave it there and forget about it and go on with our daily lives as if it doesn't really matter. For all of it is my duty to thank, praise, serve, and obey him. 
Is Jesus dead in our lives or is he a new song living in our lives? You know the difference between a movie and real life? Movies have soundtracks. Makes them a lot more exciting, right? Makes them a lot happier. It'd be kind of nice if we had a soundtrack to our life. Well, we have stereos. But we have a better soundtrack than that, don't we? Because the Psalms, Isaiah, Revelation, they all talk about this new song. Psalm 98.1, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. And the new song that they are speaking of is that truth that we're talking about tonight. The truth that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. That's what the Bible means when it says a new song. The song of our Redeemer. We don't need whistling birds or a spoonful of sugar to make our lives happy, do we? We have that stream. That river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. The objective truth of God's justification through Jesus Christ that He died for us. What shall we do? What shall I do with this Jesus who died for my sins? Cling to Him for forgiveness and Sing of him with your life. Don't just leave him sitting aside someplace, right? What good is that? You know, life is full of little decisions. Little decisions that sometimes aren't necessarily wrong, but a lot of times aren't really right either. Like a father who... has to choose between work and his son's ball game. And sometimes you have to stay and get the work done. But he keeps making the same decision over and over again until all of a sudden he's missed all his son's games, right? You can't say it's a sin once or twice. It's not right either. A lot of times we do that with Jesus, don't we? Well, I'm too busy today to start my day with Jesus. I'm too busy to take time to let that new song be a part of my life. I'm too busy this week for church. And we make that same decision over and over again until all of a sudden, it's not just not right, but it's wrong. Until all of a sudden, Jesus isn't a part of our life anymore. He's in a box in the basement somewhere, and we've forgotten what box it is. What are you going to do with this Jesus? He died for your sins. You are forgiven. You are going to heaven. That's a done deal. You're saved by his blood. What are you going to do with that truth? Jesus died for you. Let him live in you as well. Amen.